I'm Camille. I'm Anita. And we're, we're the, the Soul, Soul Sisters. Sisters. Welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. Today we have a very special episode planned for you today. Um, when I say planned, I mean that loosely. Today we're going to be introducing the first of our series in the Balanced Meals series. Um, so this is where Anita and I get together um, together and we sit down, eat a meal, and I'm going to run you guys through how I made the meal, kind of what I went into it, the macro breakdown, and then we're just going to talk about a topic and pick each other's brains and just talk it out and see what information we can give to you guys about that topic from our experiences. Um, we usually bring in guests, but today it's just going to be us, and we're going to continue to do that with varying topics. So today's meal was a stuffed bell pepper cooked in the air fryer. So it was, I took half a green bell pepper and I lined the bottom with um, goat cheese and it was garlic and herb goat cheese. And then I put a layer, a half a strip of turkey bacon. And then I packed the top of the rest of the pepper with 90% lean ground beef. And then I put it in the air fryer for about 325 for about 15 minutes and then I cranked it up just a little bit for the last two minutes just to crisp it up. Um, so this was my first time cooking the bell pepper. I made sure to like check it frequently to make sure that the ground beef was cooking all the way through but not to the point where it was going to be super dry because I knew it was ground beef um, and there was a risk of that getting too dried out. So Anita, let's hear your thoughts on what you thought about today's balanced meal. I enjoyed the balanced meal today. Now we make a different version of a stuffed bell pepper with the family and we do a baking version. And then sometimes we'll stuff it with rice and salsa and cheese. So today's version was, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, especially the bacon. Whenever you can throw <laughs> bacon into the situation, it usually kind of takes it up a notch. <laughs> um, I like, I like regular pork bacon. Mm -hmm. So I think if we would have had that pork bacon, that kind of fat kind of drizzling into it, it would have worked blended well with that 90, that leaner ground beef. But overall, especially with that goat cheese, uh, you, where did you get that goat cheese? Uh, I got it from Aldi. It's a garlic, garlic and herb, garlic and herb goat cheese. So that packs a powerful taste punch. Um, so I really enjoyed that on the bottom of it. We usually go with the mozzarella, which is more bland. So no, today was really good. It was a great variation of something that we're used to. Yeah. So what I kind of like to do with my cooking style, um, if you don't know already, go follow me on Instagram at Cammy's Cafe. I post Air Fryer Friday um, recipes every Friday for different air fryer ideas and recipes. It's like a really fast and easy way to make really healthy food. And that's kind of my big goal when it comes to like posting about food is to take something that could be made a little bit unhealthier. And I try to make it as healthy as I can, but still tasting really good. So like I was thinking about this just today that I wanted to do a restaurant, like a gourmet restaurant that's macro friendly. This is a very niche market I'm talking about. It would be a niche market, <laughs> but I mean, if, if it fits your macros is something that kind of has been around and it kind of fades in and out and it's becomes popular but restaurants are so used to hiding all that information that people are unaware so with the calorie counts that they have on the menus mm -hmm. that's just kind of taking it a step further so it may seem like a niche market but within that market there are going to be a lot of happy people don't you think yeah i mean i know just like a bunch of my other bikini competitors the my fellow foodies i don't know we like to obsess about our food and like get excited about really tasty gourmet food and go to different cool restaurants but i sometimes wish that they had the macros on the menu right so i could choose to eat cleaner if i wanted right. to or i could choose like a dirty option like, and all restaurants have that information if they're going off of a standard recipe they just haven't broke it down right how people need it you know so i think that would be really cool to do that speaking of macros um, so for this bell pepper, so we're calculating it based off of 100 grams of a bell pepper, which is about half a bell pepper via my eyeball measurements. Um, one ounce of goat cheese, half a strip of turkey bacon, and about two ounces of 90% lean ground beef. And that breaks down to about five carbs, mostly from the pepper, 13 fats, um, and 20 protein, which is pretty good. Um, consider it's a little small portion and it's 213 calories so I was pretty happy with that macro breakdown and obviously um things I would have done differently like Anita said I definitely would have tried one with bacon because there's not really that much fat in one strip of bacon right. and especially if you're only using like half to a full strip of bacon I feel like I would do that next time for sure 
Right, at least give it a try, especially with the playing with the different fats of the meat right. and stuff like that. I feel like well. if I used a leaner or a more fatty ground beef, that I would almost get too, like, the fat would sit too much in the pepper because it wouldn't have anywhere to drain out. Right, right. So I think that lean ground beef was just what I had on hand, but I think it actually worked out well. But I definitely would try it again with a different ground beef lean or fat level and see how that goes next time. But, yeah, so that's kind of what I have planned for, or, like, I think it would be really cool to have a restaurant like that. I would at least enjoy it as a consumer. Um, as well as, if you're listening to this, let me know what your thoughts are on an air fryer food truck. Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? You go outside for lunch, like, you don't have to go to, like, uh, like whatever, the ta- tacos or whatever everyone else is getting in their deep fried food trucks, but you can go and get like a really macro friendly meal from an air fryer. Well, and I think a lot, the air fryer is so good, like people won't even know that you're air frying it. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like I would feel confident bringing an air fryer food truck to the state fair. Right. Right. I still think it needs it because there's so many, there's like a lot more fit people or, like, people that are watching what they eat nowadays, I feel like, than there was, like, 20 years ago. Right. Maybe that's just because I am now. <laughs> it wasn't 20 years ago. Well, but I think still. more people are willing to try different things and, and explore different food, especially at a place just like the State Fair. It'd be a great test marketplace to go to. Yeah. To see how it goes. So hopefully, maybe someday, I'll create an air fryer food truck and we'll be at the Minnesota State Fair. <laughs> yeah, making money. Uh-huh. Right? Right. Um, if you are considering an air fryer, I'm just plugging myself away today. That's okay, plug away. Don't even Go care. Ahead. It's my podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> if you are interested in an air fryer, use my am- consider using my Amazon affiliate link. Um, it's just kind of a cool thing to share my that my personal air fryer that I have um, and share with you the link the one, to the exact same one that you can get right off Amazon, delivery to your house in two days because who doesn't have Prime? I mean, I might as well just sponsor myself. Who needs ads for their podcast? I know, right? You could just pitch yourself and make your own little advertising commercials. Um, at the same time, like, I get to benefit and use uh, Camille's air fryer, but it was newly introduced to us this spring, and it has become a staple in our cooking. Oh, my God. I actually feel kind of bad because I feel like before you guys had the air fryer here, you guys used to grill out on the charcoal grill oh, all the time. Yeah. I'm like, charcoal grilling kicks butt. It, it, it does. But it does. air fryer is so easy. And the taste is comparable. Right. Oh, right. Totally. To me, it's so easy to control. Like, cooking on a charcoal grill or, like, a bonfire. Oh, my gosh. Can't, so can't control it. Right. I don't have that. And yeah. at the same time, our big purpose of the charcoal grill is to take the family outside and be outside so we just kind of set the air fryer and head outside anyway because we don't have to watch it i don't have to flip it i don't have to do anything that's true so then we can still do that we're just not hovering around the gorilla as much anymore we're in the garden now so true no complaints there all right let's talk about fitness. fitness so anita what do you want to talk about for fitness today oh well there's many different different variations we could head towards um why don't we talk about maybe the types of foods you're eating and the type of workouts you're doing on a daily basis or right a, now like a combination off season versus prep sure yeah let's all right it. sure we'll talk about differences between uh what my prep looks like versus my off season oh so, yeah you definitely start with that because you had a more structured prep than right. i did um, but yeah, let's do that. that yeah, and then great. I want to see how yours compared to mine. Okay. Because mine are both very structured, but they're very different stuff. Okay. We'll go with that. Um, so my, I'm currently in my off season. I just competed um, three times uh, about a month ago now. So I'm about a month out or um, whatever. And right now I'm currently tracking on my fitness pal via If It Fits Your Macros. And I'm tracking my protein, fats, and carbs, making sure I'm hitting my numbers that my coach sets for me on a daily basis um, and paying special attention to the foods that I'm eating pre, intra, and post-workout. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot of guidelines for what I'm eating. I haven't been super strict with it um, the last month just because I felt like I had a lot of control over what I was eating and I didn't feel like I was binge eating at all and I was just really enjoying life and not pushing my limits. So I felt like I trusted myself with food. But now that I've had that break, I'm getting back into it um, and just making sure that I'm making progress 
like I'm still hitting my numbers to set me up for the best success for when I do come back to step on stage in a couple years. Um, so for me, if it fits your macros is like a dream come true for the off season because I still get to eat basically whatever I want. I just have to adjust the rest of my food throughout the day. So if I want a piece of cheesecake, for example, and I've done this, go ahead, eat the piece of cheesecake. And I was like, heck yeah, if it fits your macros is awesome. Ate the cheesecake, tracked the cheesecake, regretted eating the cheesecake. You probably didn't get to eat much after that, <laughs> did you? I didn't get to eat very much carbs or fats for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I had a lot of egg whites, which luckily I like egg whites. But yeah, so you learn really quickly when you're on, if it fits your macros, that you can eat yourself kind of you're like into a corner and kind of screw yourself over for the rest of the night. But if you are smart about it, you can work in like stuff that you love on a daily basis. So I'm a super big cereal person. So I like to eat cereals, my pre-workout cereal with egg whites. If you've never tried it, don't knock it till you try it. It's the perfect macro mix for a pre-workout. So basically if you do like 200 grams of egg whites, um, just out of a carton, make sure they're pasteurized, pour it into whatever your favorite cereal is, one serving. I weigh out everything I eat pretty much. Um, and after a while you can get good at measuring stuff. Um, just like eyeballing it how much but at first if this is your first time doing if it's your macros I recommend you get a food scale and weigh everything out it just helps until um, you learn yeah do it exactly and you can definitely wean yourself off of that it's just good to start with that um so that's and it's like 25 protein 25 carbs favorite pre-workout meal so that's kind of what I'm eating right now is just whatever um is kind of around for lunch I typically just throw an air uh, throw a chicken breast in the air fryer for um, while I'm getting ready in the morning throw that in a Tupperware grab a pack of tomato and basil rice cakes and my classic two-carb barbecue sauce, and I eat that throughout the day whenever I get hungry. Um, and then breakfast usually changes, and then lunch or dinner, I just come home and cook whatever food we have and just fit it into the my macro cap. And before I delve too deep into, like, my favorite macro-friendly recipes or this podcast is going to be 14 years long, <laughs> um, we'll flip back to my prep um, food. So during prep, I did If It Fits Your Macros as well up until peak week. And just at eight weeks out, we took out dairy and sweeteners. And to bring down inflammation and to cut out kind of cravings. And I stuck to that to a T. Obviously, in prep, I measure everything to a T. I don't cut corners um, as much as I can. Obviously, there are times when I didn't have a food scale around and I would just use my best judgment. But I just really tried to limit that as much as possible um, to just try to stay on track as much as I could for during prep. And like I said, just during peak week, we switched to a meal plan. Um, so we could control for uh, more variables, but it was awesome. I didn't have any crazy like food cravings. Um, I think the only thing I really wanted during prep was a dark beer and a cheese platter. Can you tell I'm from Wisconsin? Yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with either of those things. <laughs> and I did um, have both of those after my show, which was nice, although highly inflamed body after that. <laughs> <laughs> But so that's kind of the difference between my on-season and off-season. I loosely track my macros in my off-season. I don't track vegetables or, like, measure all my sauces, like, weigh them, um, unless I'm doing it for, like, a post for Instagram or something. Um, just, just finds that I get that amount of freedom to choose to eat what I want with still knowing that I'm on track and I don't feel guilty about eating any food whatsoever because I can literally macro in a whole tub of Halo Top, and it's not unreasonable to do that. And that way I can still kind of watch my macros and boost them up as high as we can in the off season to stay on track, set myself up for the next best prep. Because this prep was by far the best I've ever started, which was awesome. Yeah, okay. Just making improvements along the way. I mean, you've had a huge transformation over the last three years, you know, but you've right. been working at it at different paces for the last three. Oh, absolutely. It started off with just trying to complete the task at hand. Well, right. And I think a lot of people's first competition is kind of like that because you don't know what you're getting into and you don't know how you're going to react to it and how your body's going to react to it. What was your first competition goal versus your second and your third? Um, my first one was similar to my second one because there was such a big time gap between the two. So my first one was bikini was newly introduced not to the fitness world because it was in the MPC Federation for a while. 
um, at least a year or so, but it was newly introduced to uh, the NAMBF. And for whatever reason, I was still tied to the people that helped me start my company. And they're like, let's go for it. I'm like, okay, yep, I'm going to go for it. So they gave me some loose macros um, six years ago, and I kind of ran with that for my first prep. I checked in with them every once in a while, but they kind of let me do my own prep. They gave me guidelines on if it fits your macros kind of stuff um, back six years ago. But I didn't, I wasn't a big question asker. I just, if those were my numbers, I just hit those numbers and I didn't, I'd put it in a giant bowl and go to work (laughs) and I knew I needed to eat that throughout the day. And it was like, (laughs) it was a struggle most of the time because eating clean, really clean food Mm -hmm. tends to be a lot of it, especially if you can consume carbs and you're eating that lean ground beef and all that stuff. So my first one was just looking for change and wanting to test it out. Bikini was new. I didn't know if I'd fit there. I knew I was too small for figure and I wasn't ready to dedicate myself yet to figure. The second round of um, bikini competitions fast forward six years uh, uh, after my first. And this was more of, I just had, I've had two kids. I've had a couple businesses. I want to go at it again because I enjoyed my first time. I got third my first time. And um, I enjoyed it, but I knew I could. I only did an eight-week prep then, um, and I knew I could kind of attack it a little bit differently and um, on my own and a little bit better, just a different mindset and just try it again because I've been there before, and I just wanted to do it again with a positive attitude throughout the whole thing. I had my ups and downs, but like everyone does, but I tried to push with a positive attitude. And I did the same with my food. So I didn't tie... My food was a big, big portion of my my prep. I just controlled it really well, the best I could. Some days were better than others. And I probably pulled um, my weight off a little too fast in the beginning, but I really think it was mostly inflammation when I come down mm-hmm. came down to it. Um, I lost like seven pounds in the first couple of weeks, but my husband said just, okay, inflammation, you know, you're going to be sitting on that. We just got off the holidays. I probably look like a marshmallow. You know how we all (laughs) feel after the holidays. You're like, did I really put on 15 pounds? Well, you're probably have a lot of inflammation. Um, so, and then I just literally hovered in the same weight range for five months, probably trickling maybe five to seven pounds. So it was really easy for me to play with my food because I wasn't on a constant goal of trying to lose 30 or getting down to that. I snuck into it, but I still had a lot of body transformations to go Mm -hmm. for. Um, I still had a lot of curves and changes and tightening of the skin and all of that stuff. So my, my, my contest prep was different than my first, but it wasn't a big weight loss. So it was really making sure the food's going into my body. I work from home and I'm home a lot. So, and I like to graze. So I'd break up my meals. I'd eat some proteins. I'd eat some carbs. An hour later, I'd eat some fats and I would just kind of watch and maintain. And And not to mention having Maya, the prep coach, stealing food off your plate 24 seven. My (laughs) youngest, Maya, we ended up calling her the prep coach. Because she would hear you hit the fridge and sneak in those Honey Nut Cheerios when you know you're probably over your carbs for the day. (laughs) And she would run around the corner and take that bowl from you. There was numerous times I'd be in the middle of a meal and she'd just come take it. She'd stop her meal, come take mine, eat them both. And I'd be like, okay, prep coach, I guess I I don't need to eat that right now. (laughs) So a lot of times I'd just run with it and just be like, okay, it's not meant to be. You know, kids are. (laughs) But it, it just kept it kind of lighthearted through it all, um, especially prepping with kids. It's not easy, but you're constantly making meals for them and all of that stuff. So you got to make your own in theirs. But our kids are really good. They'll eat white rice and chicken and ground mm-hmm. beef, That none of that stuff. They're so young. None of it, none of it really bothers them. So during my contest prep compared to now, um, <clears throat> I'm more free with my food. It's more of the, if it fits your macros, I'm back to that. Mm -hmm. During contest prep, I cleaned it up. I removed alcohol. I removed sugars. And then I'd have a little bit of those things here and there. Or if I wanted a sweet dessert, I'd try to make it as clean as I could for my birthday. Mm -hmm. We did the peppermint brownies, which were the black bean brownies, which we could definitely do that um, recipe for you guys. It's definitely a hit out of the park. I added strawberries and whipped topping. 
and it literally felt like Christmas and strawberry season married each other and had a baby and it was amazing. (laughs) Um, But those were here and there and I would allow those with things that were going on with my life. Right now, um, I will have, um, you know, things out of the freezer box or things. I didn't eat anything out of a box. Does that make sense? Yeah. I eat fresh food and clean food as often as possible. I don't like to open a box to get my frozen food out of it. It just, to me, is not food. Um, Do we have some of that now? Yeah, absolutely. But... That's that's not really eating to me. It's it's maybe taking a sweet thing or something that I want, but um, um, I steered clear from all of that. But we're we're dabbling in that now. My weight has gone up and down since mm-hmm. prep, and I got really um, I got some inflammation right after prep because my body was not used to it, and I probably sat seven to nine seven to nine pounds above my stage weight. Right now, I'm two above. But I look different. My Mm -hmm. body looks different right now. I'm not pushing it as hard. Could I clean it up and make some changes in the next like four, six, Mm -hmm. eight weeks? Sure. But um, consistency is key right now. Maintaining, eating, keeping the fitness in there and trying to maintain not the look, not the leanness, but just the all over health, wellness and fitness aspect of it. And my body doesn't need to put on a ton of weight immediately after a show. It's not healthy mm-hmm. to do that. So I knew the weight going up for a little bit, and I was just going to let it. You even asked mm-hmm. me, what are you going to do? I'm going to let my weight go up for a little bit. I'll pull a couple pounds off, maybe let it go up again, and then I'll pull even more off. Not too worried about it. Yeah. Just let it be. Mine, I kind of actually had, it's very different than after my first two preps, where after my first prep, well, I'll just kind of give you the background of my first prep I ever did. I lost 26 pounds over 16 weeks, and I had my brother prep me for that, Brayden. And then for my second show, I or my second and third shows, I guess, for that prep, I lost 36 pounds over the course of 18 weeks, and that was with Dusty, and that was via meal plan. Oh, yeah, the first prep was, like, via rough meal plan, but I didn't really do it very well because I just didn't know. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> fast forward to my uh, third prep for the fourth, fifth, and sixth shows. I lost 20 pounds over the course of 24 weeks. So it was a lot slower weight loss, which had its own mental challenges associated with it because I was used to losing two pounds a week consistently. Um, and I had kind of one bigger setback in the middle of my prep that was due to me questioning Dusty too much. And <laughs> he gave me what I wanted and I didn't lose weight. And I didn't question him for a second after that. But sometimes you need to question to... <laughs> To Trust. learn that learn, you yeah. know, you, sometimes you gotta, you gotta do it. And I'm sure he giggles about it now. too. Oh yeah. And it was fine. And I came in lean enough, but lesson learned. <laughs> it just have to, I had to figure it out for myself, yeah. which was fine. Um, so that, where were we going with this? Um, your weight loss for your third prep and how you kind of came into mall all differently. No. Hmm. I had a bigger point that I was going to get at. What were you just talking about? (laughs) Dang it. Don't put that on me. I know. Um, So my show, yeah, so all three preps were really different when it came to the way that I prepped. And this one was by far the best and easiest. Oh, my post show. So after this, the first two shows, I had a huge weight increase immediately after the show because I binge ate until it hurt. Um, for about, and that lasted for about a month, not every day, obviously. Um, but it was a mental struggle for about a month after each show. And it was in excessive weight gain, um, for after the first two competition preps. So after this third one, I really sat, I only sat five pounds above stage weight for about the first three weeks. And it really didn't jump up until this last weekend, when I, the last three weekends, I've been drinking and like going out and doing things um, with my friends and kind of just more enjoying life, really lax and casual and like got to the point where I may or may not have had Dairy Queen twice in one day. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of the, the peak of how bad it got. And honestly, I can say that I felt the difference in how I, I was so groggy and just, like, didn't want to work out anymore, like, as much as I normally would have. Like, I absolutely love working out. I look forward to it. But when I was just eating that junk food, I felt like crap. So 
I am now I'm like I'm I'm super ready to clean it up again. I laughed when she told me Dairy Queen twice in one day because when I do Dairy Queen I have to sit long and hard and be like do I really do I really want to <laughs> yeah. sit through Dairy Queen because I'm gonna feel terrible afterwards yep. it's not not that great I'd rather have a nice real creamy ice cream and I, <laughs> I love me some Dairy Queen but I gotta have a talk with myself she's like yeah twice in one day I'm like oh you gotta feel terrible and she even said she yeah. did, she did feel terrible. Like, sure, it was good, but honestly, I just, my body, I felt like I had such gut rot for the next, like, two days, and I'm sure it was a combination of, like, tons of ice cream and alcohol just made, left me feeling like crap. I was like, I don't even like eating like this, so I'm happy to say I'm back to normal. Right, and we're a pretty heavy, if it fits your macros type of house. Riley and I just don't do a lot of measuring. Yeah, they just, they... We've done it for so long, and we've portioned for so long that we just kind of, we, we do. And even with a meal for me, I usually under-portion because seconds are always available. Right. And I'm usually full by the end of it. Yeah, which was a huge thing that I want to touch on is, like, stopping when you're full from eating sounds really simple. And Anita, I don't know if you've ever struggled with, like... Food, trust issues with your food or yourself when it comes to food. I don't really think you have. Well, I think I tested it more as a kid and in college. So I was a big weight fluctuator. I mean, I could, I could fluctuate 20 pounds, no problem. I mean, from season to season, mm -hmm. um, even in high school though, like I like to, eat, I like to eat big food. I like to eat a lot of food. Like Thanksgiving, my cousin and I would have moments where we'd go up for third or fourth and just be like, I got to unbutton my pants and go back in <laughs> and eat to paint. And then we'd lounge around all day and we'd do it again. So like I would have moments like uh -huh. that. I think we all have, especially at holiday events and stuff yeah. like that. But I would clean it up for maybe I'd sit in that weight for a little bit. I think college had a lot to do with me recognizing that I could influence my weight changes really dramatically and really quickly. And mm -hmm. And I didn't like that too much, too fast was too hard on the skin. And, you know, freshman 20 was, I did it and I, I didn't like the outcome of it. So after I did it once is when I told myself, just don't do it again. Don't be hard on yourself about it, but just be aware, yeah. you know, and take the emotions out of it and just make the choice. So just be conscious of what's going in and out. But again, allowing my weight to go up and down has always been a part of it. Um, Food hasn't ever really been a struggle for me. There's a lot of times where you can literally see me eating something. I'm like, yep, eating my emotions right now. I'm a little stressed out. And I'll hover around the fridge, but I'm very aware that I'm doing mm -hmm. it. And I'm very controlled. Or if I do it one day, I'm not going to do it again tomorrow because last night kind of hurt. My stomach was a little way too full. And I don't want to feel that two days in a row. And I can definitely feel that. Now, if I'm trying to do gain some weight, then sure, I'm going to feel full more often. And if I'm trying to lose weight, I'm going to feel a little bit more hungry more often. Being hungry isn't a, a problem for me. Um, or, or not, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm never, I'm not starving. I, my body is fine. I'm healthy. I'm functioning. So being hungry is never really an issue for me. It's just part of a process or, or I have other things that are more important than trying to constantly fill my hunger needs. And it's just, it's um, looking at it differently, I guess. Allowing myself to be hungry is okay. A lot of the greats fast. A lot of the greats, the great minds, they cleanse, they fast, they go through long periods of deprivation to reach new levels. So not eating for eight hours, nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's nothing to me. I know I have food available and I can get all the nutrients I need, but taking a break from that is not a problem for me. And it's cleansing. It's, it feels good. Mm -hmm. I like how I feel after. And I think that like level-headed rationality is something that I've just came to a lot later than you. Um, and everyone, I think, kind of experiences it differently. I know that I've talked to other people who are kind kind of in the middle, and I remember very much being in the middle of that, too. Like, I mean, I went from weighing myself on the scale, like, 15 times a day extreme during my first prep, and I, like, really fixated on it and would try to, like, not drink water right before I weighed myself. Like, I just got super hung up on it, and I just, like, fixated on it way too much and I think that you just you don't fixate on the food or the hunger and I think that that's what like 
brings that level-headed rationality to it because as soon as like you even just like, literally explained it to me that one time you were like prep doesn't have to mean you're hungry and I was like oh my god you're so right 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 and, like just knowing that like no you don't have to focus your attention on it like let yourself get engulfed in other things your life isn't just about this being is hungry just and one prep. of your goals it can it's a it's a big big goal mm -hmm. and it's very important it's amazing and i highly recommend it to anyone who's thinking about doing it but it doesn't have to consume your brain completely you can still function and do other things and it's just the thing you're doing i don't know how to explain yeah that. and like because to me when i first started competing i was like oh my gosh this has to become my life because mm -hmm. that's what i thought that i needed when really like i over fixated on prep and it detracted from what I was doing and actually put me into a worse off place, mentally speaking, like I at nighttime would sit on my phone on Pinterest and look at food porn, mm -hmm. food recipes all night long. And then no wonder when I got to my show, I binged and ate until it hurt. Like I fixated on the wrong things. And so the last two preps, well, the, la the second one, I fixated on like the goal physique that I wanted. So I would go on like Twitter or like uh, Instagram or Pinterest and find pictures of physiques that I really liked and tried to envision myself having those qualities. Like I would look at girls that had abs because I never really had abs before this competition season. And so I fixated on that and my binging was less definitely. And this time I kind of just focused on doing me like getting in more developed into my career and like just doing more things for me that weren't really fitness related and, or focusing on my training. Training was huge in my off season um, so I just focused on different things. I didn't fixate on food at all this prep, right. and I didn't have the same reaction I did as the last two. So for me, I think really not fixating on food was a really positive thing right. for my prep. With competing, food is a big part of reaching that end goal, but it doesn't have to be the thing that you're d depriving yourself of because you're yeah. really not. You're depriving yourself of your cheats and your treats, but you're not depriving the body not of healthy, all. good food at all. You just have to make a mental commitment to allow yourself to take a break from treating yourself or eating emotionally and say, this goal is more important than that Twinkie I really want at mm -hmm. the gas station. I'll get it in five months if I really it's feel like it's going to be there. Then. It's still going to be there. Which was huge. And I've come to a point where I went through that as well, where I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't always eat treats and stuff, but I would just go and run in because I treat myself to a gas station brownie or something because it was convenient and I wanted it then and there. Mm -hmm. And now it's to a point where if I want something, I want to try to get the best of the best of it. Mm -hmm. And I try to like, there was one time Camille wanted a, a specific dessert. Mm -hmm. And I just said, manifest it until you walk into a restaurant and it's on that dessert menu. And that's when you're meant to have it. Mm -hmm. Don't go to the gas station, get something like it. I keep saying gas station. Don't yeah. go somewhere and get a little Debbie's cake that's something kind of like it or whatever or look it up find the most friendly macro version and, and find a way to co compliment yourself on that instead of just filling a void or filling with food always mm -hmm. be specific identify be, exactly what you be want be picky and either wait for it to come to you or create something that that will be pleasing and you know it'll be good and you put time into it <laughs> absolutely yeah said that before where in my off season, as I said, I don't really track my macros to a T. I'm not super strict, not super harsh on myself because I know for the majority of the time I'm on track. That being said, I try not to purchase any of my treats. I try to let the universe bring them to me. <laughs> Do you know how many free donuts I've eaten in my life? Probably three dozen. Right. People love to give out donuts. Even today I went and there was cheese curds and like free cheese curds. Like I can't believe how much free food I have eaten. And like to me, if the universe wants me to have a donut, there's going to be a donut at the next event that I go to. <laughs> and I'm not planning to go to these events just for the free food. But I just like, okay, if I'm in class and someone brings a thing of donuts, I'm going to eat it and not feel bad about it because I like would plan for just whatever food kind of came my way or if I was at a place and everyone was ordering food, I'd be like, okay, fine. Let, let's get the pizza or whatever. Right. Make that just my don't like. Don't make a big, big deal about it. And I just didn't include that into my meals that I packed for yep. myself. Like whatever right. I controlled, I just didn't include junk food in those things so that I knew if a situation came when push came to shove, 
I could eat whatever and right. it would be fine. Yep, absolutely. So I let the universe bring me donuts. <laughs> and it will. It, it will. So it much. will. Be specific. I have made calls of the universe that weren't specific enough. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to have this crappy unfrosted donut. <laughs> but I'm still, that's what I asked for. I wasn't specific enough that I wanted white frosting with colorful sprinkles. But, you know, <laughs> you still eat the donut. Manifestation. We should have a whole podcast yeah, about that. We could. We because could. there's times where I was looking for more money and the universe gave me five jobs. Yeah. And I was like, no, I wanted money, not jobs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you have to earn it. You, you have, have to be specific. But that'll be a whole nother podcast and we can yeah. dive into We'll save manifestation for another balanced meal. It's probably. a beautiful, fun thing. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and when it came to my exercise via prep, and um, off season right now I'm in my off season and I'm doing kind of my own training style. I've always, um, after my second show in the gym, I just focus on creating that mind muscle connection. And basically I don't have a set split. I know where my weaknesses are and I know what body parts I need to work on and which ones I can afford to stay away from. So I just try to go in and whatever I'm feeling like some days I'm feeling down or whatever, a shoulder day somehow pumps me up. So, <laughs> right. I think we all have that muscle group that you're like, Bert, don't know what I'm going to do. Going to do insert favorite muscle yeah. group to lift. For some reason, I went through a phase of just lifting back. I love, okay, I'm just going to lift back. I don't know why. I think it was during my bread delivery days oh. when my back was like at its peak and like lifting anything was nothing. Uh-huh. I can do a stack of 13 rows of bread. I can do this. So. Yeah. But we all do. So I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, this is fine. And then, um, so yeah, just focusing on that my muscle connection, focusing on my weaknesses and bringing those up. And like, if you're having a bad day and it's going to come down to having a crappy workout, doing the thing you're supposed to do, quote unquote, or doing the thing you're not supposed to do, but having an awesome workout, do the awesome workout, if you ask me. Right. <laughs> um, and when it comes to my prep, I do, my coach tells me um, what muscle groups to train Um, And as per exercise, I get to pick the exercises specifically. Um, He kind of sets my rep range and sets for that and timed rest and stuff like that. So I do follow a plan uh, just so he can control a little bit closer uh, what my body parts are bringing up and which ones we want to stay away from as we get closer to the show. Um, So that's really what it comes down to. Um, I like learning new things via YouTube, via my trainer. Um, Some favorites that I like are Daniel and Bailey Eugene Teo, great for exercise, um, different movements. And I mean, Jill Christine Fit, she's awesome. On Instagram, she posts her workouts all the time. Great for ideas. People always ask that to me. What are some workouts? Like, what should I do for workouts? And that's just not something that I focus on with my social media, sharing my workouts. It's just something when I work out, I just want to get in there and get my lift in and have an awesome lift and then go home. But that's someone who I always refer to um, when it comes to people's ideas for working out. Um, but I am a personal trainer, so I do create meal plans for people. Um, but I just, I don't love doing it. I love creating recipes and helping people. Like Obviously, in the gym, it's different. I get like to do one-on-one, like, plan creation, not just, like, a gunshot. Because I think training is just so personal yep. where it's different for everyone. Um and but I think what do you do food, for training? Food nutrition plans should be personal as well. Yeah. Um, for my training um, compared to now in prep, so a lot of my contest prep was rehab. I had gone through a back injury in late August, September, and then I re-injured at Thanksgiving, which is what, November? Mm-hmm. Um it was a bulging disc in my upper, my upper back, which um, if, if anyone has had before, either upper or lower, can understand the, the pain and, and numbness and, and the lack of strength that will come with that. So that, again, was its own hurdle. <laughs> so going into contest prep, because my back was feeling its best, um, I still needed to be very cautious and careful. So a lot of my workouts were kid infused <laughs> because my gym is at home and I have my kids and they are typically my workout partners, especially they were this winter. Um, cause it was either myself or me and the kids typically. 
but it would just be a lot of safe, calm, regular, general uh, bodybuilding style lifting. And it would have to be very restricted, not a lot of jerk movements and stuff like that on my upper back. Uh, I also, I, I pitch stalls. Mm -hmm. I have a horse and I help out at the farm twice a week. And that is anywhere from one and a half hours to three hours early, early morning. So I go in fasted and um, during prep, especially in depletion. Um, and again, I should have been managing it better, but I would hit my, I had hit a, I'd hit a low blood sugar and I just feel it. And then you're just tired. And anyone who's contest prep and they're in the middle of the workout and they're like, I can't lift the remote to turn the TV off right now. That would happen to me during my stalls. And I would be like, I don't know, something's, something's going right. Um, just body fat melting off of me. So uh, that was a big part. That was twice a week. And all of my lifting just kind of went filled in with my leg workout, workouts mainly. I did not have cardio. I did not. Um, I would do it every once in a while for myself. I would do a little bit of 20 minutes of cardio, maybe rowing. Um, and then when I pitched stalls, there would be some arena running, which would be a quick <laughs> sprinting burst. And we did a little bit of sprints, not many, but it would really, my workouts would adapt to how I was feeling and how my, um, how I was looking. So I really had to hit my legs really, really, really hard in the last run of prep because those were the last to change. And those were the changes I needed the most, um, especially in the bikini division. Um, so a lot of it was constantly adapted to feel how I was feeling, just mm -hmm. like my nutrition, my tr nutrition changed as to how I was feeling. Same for my workouts. And then, um, towards the very, very end when I was, um, trying to put some weight back on for the last show, it turned into heavy lifting, mm -hmm. but that, um, what didn't really complement my back rehab <laughs> very well. So I'm set back. So post contest prep, I'm kind of re rehabbing my back. I did some heavier lifting and stuff and I haven't felt very hundred percent anymore. Um, again, so we're just taking care of that and I'm continuing to lift and, and doing different stuff there. Not super hard and heavy, but I'm still getting them in. Um, we're trying to, uh, do CrossFit qualifier yes. workouts right now. Yep. We're, we're interested in doing the granite games in, um, St. Cloud here in the fall, but we're, I'm easing my, I've chosen to ease myself into it just as my contest prep, um, because I've got a lot of strengths. Uh, I have to gain some strengths going into it. And with CrossFit, there's a lot of pulling, jerking, moving, and it's a great workout. My husband does them all the time. I enjoy them. I like them. Um, but I just got to make sure that I keep my back as healthy as possible along the way. I'm just, so what happens usually is right now I'll do a bodybuilder workout on my own based off of how I feel and I'll get home and we'll call it peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I, if you're going to have any type of peer, peer pressure, I mean, let it be someone talking you into working oh, out. Oh, exactly. And with my lax eating habits, I really enjoy CrossFit workouts. They're super fun for me to do. It's like really highly competitive and you get to push yourself for like a short amount of time. It's really hard, but it's really, really fun. So I totally don't mind doing a bodybuilder workout. So I know I'm still trying to add as much muscle as I can. And I kind of treat cart CrossFit as more of my cardio. That's just only going to complement my physique um, for what I want to do with it, at least. So that's kind of what I've been doing is just like probably five days a week of bodybuilder workouts and like three CrossFit workouts in combination with that, depending on the day and not super strict or worried about it kind of going how I feel. Same with the rest days. I would just not work out if I felt like I needed a rest day um, anytime throughout my off season. Um, and even during prep, I would move things around accordingly, always keeping my food macros paired with the right workouts. Right. And I would take rest days too. I wasn't grinding seven days a week. I would actually rhinestone and work in the garage and then infuse some bodybuilding style lifting style lifting as well. So mm -hmm. I'd, I'd work and then I'd just hit a specific muscle group. It wouldn't be crazy hard, but then a little bit later on in the day, I could do that again just because of the convenience of working at home and having the gym at home. I was able to spread things out and maybe that's why things were easier for me because I didn't have to think and plan and pack all the time. Mm -hmm. It was just going to it in the moment and how, how was I feeling? What do I want? Type of a thing. But I took advantage of it. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, uh, and people can take advantage of packing their meals and keeping organized on that level is, is, you know, your lifestyle, 
you do you yeah. and do it to the best you can and, and I think that's like a really important thing to highlight too is like we both did very well this competition season and we both prepped so utterly opposite so of each different. other so, so different. different and like I think that just goes like proof to show you like you don't have to be the rigid type a competitor if that's not who you are I personally love relying on my routine and I love like using my routine to work with me and I like relying on it so I don't have to think I just do because I already had planned ahead and set up set it apart for that otherwise I can like kind of back myself into a corner if I don't plan ahead for it but whereas Anita just more is like go with the flow and that really complements her lifestyle and like personality type and it works like it's such a funny saying but if it's stupid and it works it's not stupid right <laughs> and I questioned myself along the way and I was like okay <laughs> and my two ago, should I be harder on myself I got really tight my first peak week I did not get really tight and watch my nutrition as, as I should have and it showed on stage um, but I was coming off of a business launch and I was just, I committed too much family into the life, family and business stuff into the lifestyle of that week. And it just didn't work out well for me. But um, the second peak week, I adjusted and I hit it really, really hard. I made sure it was really clean and I made sure I fed and ate a ton that week because I needed to fill in that um, for that show, just like a, a bodybuilder, I mm -hmm. guess, would fill up on stage that day just because where I was coming with how lean I was and putting weight on in between the shows. I had three weeks to put weight on in between the shows. And it, a lot of people thought it was the weight that was a problem on my first show, but I peaked terribly and I was really, really flat. I looked better earlier that week, um, but no one saw that in my gym. And then I stepped on stage super flat, um, Tan was a mess, and the com com the compliment of them both just did not work out well. So, honestly, between the two shows was maybe not even two pounds of a weight change, but I fixed my peak week, and I fixed a lot of other things going into it. My body, I didn't put on a lot of weight. I like I wasn't I wasn't as small. You know what I mean? My body changed visually, but the weight didn't change a ton, and that's what it comes to competition, and people forget about or you're new to it and you think or expect that you're going to look like that all the time. I did not look like that three days before the show. Yeah. I, you, I, you have to get with me. I had, I was really, really flat and then I had to eat into it. So you prime, you peak, your peak week is a peak week for a, a reason. You are striving to look like that for that day, for that moment on stage. Same with pumping up and everything is all those beautiful pictures and those amazing, amazing pictures that everyone sees on Facebook, on Instagram. Those are moments in time captured, but that moment is soon changing or will change mm -hmm. as soon as that competitor steps off stage and gets their first meal or eats for the first week and then floats up on weight. And it, it's their choice from then on after what their body and what they maintain with on their off season. So that's, I think, a big crucial point that I've oh my gosh, yeah. come across with a lot of women or men. Um, they they see those photos and they expect when they see you that that's what you're going to look like. And if that's what you look like all the time, then your body is going to be, you're going to, your body would start to show the, the signs of it yeah. because it's just, you're pushing your body. Or you weren't ready point. on stage. Right. <laughs> or, or maybe you should have picked a later show and you're finally, you're sitting there, but you never know. Different for everyone. You have to allow your body to put some body fat, fat on and you have to put the weight back on. Not a ton. People in the off season, some people lean on their off season a little too heavy and they're like, I got to eat a lot in my off season. Also well, if you're, <laughs> if you're packing away body fat, fat and you're stacking up and you're filling out to a point is okay but if you're storing then you're overdoing you're overeating mm -hmm. and if you're increasing all of that extra body fat then no you're not doing it right and you cannot say I, you need to put on in between your off seasons because that's not that's not you're using that as your excuse or your reason at that point you can still make wonderful gains without putting a tremendous amount of body fat on. Right. And what we did for my off season, we meaning Dusty and I, um, we kind of did like an add seven pounds. We slowly increased my macros to get me up. So my weight would go up about like seven pounds or so um, over the course of a couple months. And then we'd take another one to three months and bring the, bring the body fat down 
and bring cut off a little bit more weight too to keep body fat in check. So we'd let it come up a little bit um, and then bring it back down just a little bit too. So we kind of go up seven, down four, up seven, down four all throughout my off season. Which was funny because Camille and I talked about it and I was like, well, I kind of would bring it up, bring it out. She's mm-hmm. like, that is exactly what Dusty had me do. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I'll pat myself on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and just... I didn't steal it from Dusty. Yeah. I was just doing it. What felt right. What felt right. And what I needed at that time because I had planned to hopefully step on stage last year. And so I was planning and preparing and it just, <clears throat> it was not working out with family and business and stuff. So even though it wasn't working out, it didn't mean life was over and my goals were done with. It was, okay, you you need more time or you have more time. I wasn't perfect with it, but I still let my body go up and down and played with it mm-hmm. and, and didn't ask everything of it in the 12 or five months mm-hmm. of prep that I had. If you come up, if you lollygag all off season or if you lollygag all the time and pick a goal and, and expect everything from your body to happen with that one goal, then you're crazy. You but, can't expect a miracle to happen during prep. Your prep, like they say there's an off season. Most people call it like what the growth season or whatever. There is no off season. Yeah. Like really there shouldn't be an off season. You should be focused on your goal. Right. And, and, and that's what it's that's what it means for you in your life. Even now. stage or not, you know, there's gotta be a balance between uh allowing um a certain amount of weight on and a certain amount of weight off. And we all have our battles and we all have our numbers and our goal weights. But it's more of a comfort level and getting to know your body as you're making those transitions and choosing to go up and down and not always focusing on down. Mm -hmm. Because we as women always focus on that 10 or 15 pounds. And what can I, uh, there's nothing good from that. Any diet that says they they want you to lose 15 pounds. And then we have that in our mind. And then a a nutrition or a diet plan could probably strip that off of someone really quickly. And then they want the next 15 or 20. When it really shouldn't be that. You can't force your body to go constantly down, down, down. Even my husband, who is a generally very lean man, his weight will fluctuate anywhere from two to three pounds up and down to 12 pounds up and down in a couple days. Mm-hmm. And he will fly up and down. You have to allow that. Allowing it allows your body to, mm-hmm. to move the body fat out. Allowing it allows your body to push itself to the next level, but you have to let it go up and mm-hmm. down sometimes. Oh my um, gosh. I didn't even want to start prep this year because I loved the way I looked and felt for the first time my whole entire life. Like I felt so athletic and strong and I felt like I looked, like I lifted a little bit, like you could tell a little bit. I didn't even want to start cutting because I was like, man, I look good. Well, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah. But you had your goal in mind. Yep. And, and so you... I did it anyways. Yeah. And then I looked back at those pictures and I was like, oh my God. When I was super contest prep ready, I was like, oh my God, I was fat. And I was like, oh, great. This is going to be another interesting reverse diet. Yeah. <laughs> like but trying I to come back then. No, I still love the way I look right now. Um, have you like, looked back at the pictures of pre pre prep and have you seen that yet? Have you done? No, I only saw them when I was in contest yeah. prep, Got it. super shredded. Got so it. I think I probably in my mind I look pretty similar to how I looked before I started prep. Um, a little bit less body fat and a little bit more muscle, yeah. just because it's starting to come on differently. Every time you prep, your oh, body yeah. fat comes back on and redistributes differently. And so oh, far yeah. for me, it's been better. Yeah, knock on wood. Right, right. It's been a lot better distribution every time. And going back. Um, thank God I have a note card this time. I can take notes yeah. for what I missed. Um, for peaks, I have peaked six different times and hit six different peaks. So, I mean, obviously nailed it on the last one, in my opinion. But, like, my second prep, we I felt like we missed my peak. I peaked a little bit after my show. I think I just wasn't filled out enough. I was lean enough, just not enough food. And you don't know until you do it. Until, you don't know until you're out there and yeah. the judge is judging you and you're like, ruh row. Too much. And <laughs> too little. Or too little. <laughs> My first show of this season, I over, I spilled over, definitely, for the diva. Okay. Um, I was just a little bit... What actually happened is we didn't get lean enough first before filling out again. Um, and my pesky stomach fat was hanging on. Um, but so, yeah, we missed the peak for the first show, tightened things up for the second one. Thought that looked great. Um, and then turns out we pulled out, we were able to pull off even more. I thought Dusty was crazy. He was like, oh, we're going to pull off four more pounds before the next show yeah. in two weeks. And I was like, are you crazy? Where are you going to get four pounds from? <laughs> yeah. Not cutting my hair off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And then we did, and then I was like, okay, you were right. We yep. looked better for the third show. Yep. So every peak is different for every show and every person. And so after four peaks with, or four, five peaks with Dusty, he, we like got to know how to communicate. Like I knew what information I could tell him about my peak. And then he could use that information to best alter my peak um, show over show. And so it was different every time we altered things for every show, I think. Um, so just it's a trial and error for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a trial and error for everyone, and you get better at it if you want to get better at it, and you got to keep trying, and you mm-hmm. got to make change. If you go into your contest prep wanting it to be exactly like your last one, mm-hmm. you're going to get the same results. And if you're competing and going from amateur to pro, hoping for the same results, you're not going to get the same outcome mm-hmm. because, you know, you're stepping on stage on a whole new level. Or if you didn't place well enough, like, you have to expect and pay attention that, numbers aren't everything look for change and you need to see the change and all the work that you've put in as your body fat starts to melt off and even it does so I when I pulled my weight off my contest prep low was 117 Mm -hmm. Um, I stepped on stage between 122 124 and 117 was pulled off on purpose because I had I had to hit my legs hard enough and I had to get some of my pregnancy fat that was lingering around. So I pulled my weight even lower and then I ate into it and put, put back on. I was 117 in February though, February and March, I think. Um, and then put back on by 124 at the, the end of my prep. But again, everyone's prep is different. And I chose to do that for mine because I almost crammed two preps into one. I did a longer prep, but I went down and then I came back up and then I went down. But I needed that because... Um, I don't have a ton of muscle mass, so I know I knew I needed to get leaner than probably most would want to because of my not fat having a tremendous amount of muscle mass and my fat dis- distribution sitting in my legs, mainly my glutes and my um, hamstrings. So, and speaking of which, gonna plug again. We do have an Instagram call. It's at Soul Sisters Balancing. And it's a Soul Sisters Balancing Act. And I will post a picture of Anita and I when we are very similar in stage weight, but look drastically different, different. in my personal opinion. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it just goes to show you I was surprised, though. I was expecting us to look much, much more different. It and it wasn't nearly as much. And we were, yeah, pretty much same stage weight. Yeah. But you can see how we carry our, our muscle different. Her legs are way different than mine. My upper body's different than hers. We always joke that you, yeah. you you put us together and we've got an elite physique. Yeah. But you'd have to like chop us apart and pair us together. <laughs> but to look at and we'll post those photos, but a number isn't just a number. You gotta look and you have to feel and you have to learn and, and, and push for change. And that's part of what the contest prep is. Oh my gosh, yeah. Weights like my lowest weight for my first show was one twenty six. And the second show, so if you look at my Instagram for my picture of my first show to my last show, they're the exact same stage weight. And and I look so different. So (laughs) different. So different. So apply that to your normal life and not even contest prep. Your 130 that you're you're hanging on to because you weighed that once in high school, that would look different these days. Mm -hmm. If you've been lifting more and trying then your high school, you're going to have more muscle mass. So 130 isn't the number anymore. Mm -hmm. Look for change. Look for different pant sizes or look for that kind of stuff because a number isn't a number if you've been lifting and trying and working and and, and, um, eating clean and that kind of stuff. Uh, And something um, that I took too from um, not just the Bikini Girl podcast, some advice that they offered for people that can be kind of obsessed with the scale. I've written a number of blogs about it and my experiences on that too. But something that they said that stuck out to me was before you step on the scale, assess yourself physically, Mm. assess yourself in the mirror. So look at yourself and take that mentality. Like, are you happy with what you see? Are you happy with those changes? Are you happy with how you look versus how you feel? And then step on the scale and don't let that alter your mood. Because I know for me, the scale could make or break my day, which is so silly, despite being like, yeah, I look really lean. I feel good. And then step on the scale and it's not what I expected and it would ruin it. So like just assess yourself if you're going to assess yourself before you get on the scale and let that dictate your day if it's going to. Right. And I would pick and choose even during prep. 
um, because I wasn't, I didn't have to report my numbers into anyone. I would pick and choose. Like if I wasn't feeling it, I usually did once a week after I kind of was, after I got used to my numbers fluctuating where they were going. But if there was a day or something where I was just like, nope, not today. Yeah. Got a lot of carbs, you know, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to see that number because I feel how I'm feeling and I'm going to look for change. So making a choice to stay off the scale is okay. It's Absolutely. always going to be there for you. Yeah. It's there. It's waiting. It's waving. You don't need to, you don't need to visit it all the time. All right. Well, that was quite the podcast about fitness. Just some key takeaways here. Learn to trust yourself, um, whether it be with food or fitness and don't over fixate, um, especially in prep and you, it is okay to prep your own way. So thanks for joining us for this week's balanced meal. Camille and Anita Anita. signing off. We'll see you next time.